The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Amen. Amen. Before I jump into the message, though, let me just say this. Uh, We are starting our new run of equip classes starting tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I want to welcome everybody that's watching online right now. If you're watching through YouTube, church, let's welcome our online audience. So glad to have you with us. Uh, We're beginning a brand new set of equip classes. And equip classes are all about equipping you to be who God's called you to be. Our our equip classes are based on this verse out of Ephesians 4.12. It says that we're to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ, that's talking about the church, may be built up until all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We believe that God has more for you and that you haven't arrived. How many of you agree you haven't arrived? We all meet Jesus where we are, but God doesn't expect us to stay there. And there's, there's a maturity that God wants to bring into your life and some things that he wants to show you. And so these classes are designed to kind of help you with that, to help you to take the next few steps that God has to equip you to be all that God's called you to be. And so the, the four classes that we're going to have over the next four weeks are going to be designed to help you wherever you find yourself. And there's, there's a class for all sorts of areas of your life. Maybe today uh, you, you need some help with some freedom. You, maybe last week you heard that message on the junk drawer and it sparked something in you. I know there's a lot of people. I got a lot of really great feedback from that message. And I believe maybe, maybe you, you kind of heard that and you're recognizing that maybe there's some junk in your past that you need to deal with so you can move forward with the Lord. Well, our Freedom, our, our freedom Basics is going to help you to kind of look at that, examine that, do a little inventory so you can step into the life God has for you. We've got a class on marriage because we need help in our marriage, right? I mean, you know, just because you said I do doesn't mean you done. You ain't done. You got to keep going. You got to keep growing. So, so we want to help you with that. We've got a class on the foundation so you can understand how to read the Bible, how to get something out of it when you read it, how to pray, how to worship. What, what is this stuff all about? And, and then we've also got a parenting class. I mean, you know, parenting's a big deal. Yeah. Our, our kids are facing stuff that we didn't face. And, and, and we need to equip them. They, our kids, these kids back here in these classrooms, your children are going to be the future of this church, the future of our, of our world. And so we gotta, we got to train these kids up. And I'm, I'm really pumped because my parents are actually going to be teaching this parenting class. So, you know, if you want your kids to turn out like me, there you go. Just sign them up, all right? All right, well, we're in a series right now called Declutter Your Life. Everybody say declutter. Declutter. Yo. Yo. Life. And we're talking about the kind of the season that we find ourselves in spring. And what we do at spring, we spring clean, right? And when you spring clean, what you're trying to do is you're trying to simplify things, bring a, a refreshing and a renewal to, to our home. In the same way, we're kind of taking that approach to our, our life. I believe God wants to refresh you and bring a renewal to your life. And he wants to help you simplify things. We talked about this last week. One of the things that Jesus showed us is Jesus simplified things. And and Jesus showed us that the more we narrow the focus of our life, the more we broaden the impact of our life. 
So God hasn't called you to do everything, but he has called you to do some things. And so what, what are those things he's called you to do? How do we narrow the focus so that we can broaden the impact and not clutter up our life? And, and what we've been doing is we've been looking at different aspects of, of our homes that we declutter at spring cleaning, and we're kind of comparing that to different aspects of our life that maybe need to be decluttered through some, some spring cleaning with the Lord. And so last week we talked about the junk drawer, and the junk drawer kind of represents that sin, that those mistakes mistakes that past that we all have and and the problem with the junk drawer is sometimes we identify ourselves through our junk but listen you are not your junk can I get an amen? amen you are who God says you are and you need to recognize your identity in Christ so that you can live in the fullness of the life God has called you to today I want to talk to you about this and this is a coat hanger but this represents the closet of your home I couldn't obviously bring a whole closet up here, but this represents the closet. And and the closet, what we're going to kind of compare that to is is our life and the capacity of our life. Now, as we jump into this, uh, you know, here's the thing about closets. If you're doing spring cleaning, most likely this is like at the top of your list of things that you need to declutter. Because how many of you know closets tend to get cluttered? We just keep adding stuff to these closets and they grow and they grow and they grow. And so we got to deal with our closets from time to time. And I, I want to show you this today, how we can deal with some of these aspects of our life that are getting cluttered that need to be dealt with. Okay, so a couple of observations that, that I made this week on, on closets is one is that uh, our closets are something that we deal with on a daily basis. Like we need stuff out of our closet, don't we? Most likely our clothes are in our closet, our pants, dresses, shoes, your stuff is in your closet, your underwear, things that are necessary to life are in our closet. And so we interact with our closet on a daily basis, don't we? Now here's the other thing I I observed about closets is that closets accumulate stuff. Closets grow. They don't physically grow, but the stuff in them grows, right? They just keep growing and growing. We keep adding stuff and adding stuff. And so because of that, it gets a little hectic. Now, we've actually been kind of like, as we've been doing this series, I don't know how many of you guys, if this has sparked this in you, but we've actually been kind of doing this in our home as we've gone through this series. And so uh, the last couple weeks, Sarah and me, mainly her, have been cleaning out the closets of our home. And it's amazing as you start to clean out these closets, like all the stuff that you find in them that you kind of forget about. Like in our kids' closets, we found toys that they've had, we got when they were babies that they haven't touched in years, clothes that don't fit them anymore. We found stuff in our closets that's just like, I forgot it was in there because they get cluttered, right? In fact, I brought a few of the kind of the gems that I discovered this week in my closet that I thought I might share with you. You guys down for checking out Josh's closet this morning? So uh, let's start with, let's see, where is it? Let's start with this right here. This is my... Saddam Hussein shirt from the Iraqi war in 1991. Now I got this when I, you can see it's, it's been, it's been weathered. I've painted in it. I've done, it doesn't fit very well anymore. Like it once did. I got it when I was 11 and I I was trying to think, I I think I got this if I remember correctly. Uh, My dad went away to preach at another church on a meeting and somebody gave this to him. And so you know how it is, you come back from a meeting and you, you know, or you go, you go on business trip and you bring your kids back something. And so this is, this is what I got. 
I think it was one of those things of like, uh, yeah, here, here's your present. So yeah, so I've held on to it because I just think it's funny. You got Saddam hiding in the bunker and bombs coming down on him. It's just so USA, right? Like that's awesome. Okay, so here's the next thing we got here. This is pretty awesome. Actually, no, I'm going to do this next. These are my Clark's Wallaby shoes. I got these in 1996. At the heyday of a time in my life when I was really into a band called Oasis. Anybody remember the band Oasis? Dude, I loved Oasis. This is a, there's a picture of them here. This is Oasis. And when these guys came out, I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. I liked their style. Like my options were like this or Sugar Ray. And this was much more my speed. So, so I thought they looked cool. Like they wore these kind of shoes. I had four pairs of these shoes. I threw three of them away yesterday, different colors of them. But I was really into them. In fact, let's, let's show the next picture. This is me during this phase. That's your pastor trying to be a British rock star right there. And uh, so, yeah, so there's, there's that. In fact, go ahead and put the two up there compared together. As you can see, I nailed it. Nailed it with my Arby sandwich there, all right? Uh, so there's that. Let's, let's move to the next thing here. This is, this is pretty fun. This is Sarah's Joey Fatone sync doll. And he hangs in our closet. You see, Sarah, you know, most of you know Sarah was really into NSYNC at one point in her life. And uh, her brother, Michael, who's my age, bought her this a few years later. He saw it in a thrift store and thought it was funny. And this has been hanging in our closet our entire marriage. <laughs> and he hangs over by my stuff. And I kind of imagine that he helps me pick out my clothes every day. He, like, he plays a little bit of the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to me getting dressed every day. So there's that. Uh, this is cool. This is my, this is my suit uh, from, my, from our wedding day. This is what I got married in right here. In fact, this is not just the suit I got married in. This is the suit I proposed to Sarah in, in a steakhouse in Dallas, Texas. So this is, there's sentimental value here. I don't really, this suit's not really in style anymore. It doesn't fit as well as it once did. Not because I've grown, but because it's just not Whatever. But, um, but I, hang, I hang on to it because, you know, it has some sentimental value, right? That's what you do. Which is interesting because a few years ago, Sarah came to me and she comes walking in and she's got her wedding dress. And she was like, hey, can I throw this away? That's Sarah. So practical. And I was like, no, like, you know, you, like, you, no, like, you don't do that. Like, aren't you supposed to hang on to your... And she was like, well, I'm not going to wear it again. I know, but like, don't you, the, the girls aren't going to wear it. No, babe, you can't throw away your wedding dress, right? Am I right here? So, some of you people that have no heart, you don't agree with me, whatever. Well, we hang on to stuff. Here's, here's another one. This is kind of cute. These are, um, when my daughters were born in Frisco, Texas, these are the little shirts that I wore. And they, as soon as they were born, they put their little feet in ink and uh, printed them on there. So that's Sonny's feet and that's little Bo's feet right there right after they were born. And so you hang on to this because this, this is sentimental value, right? Like that's what you do, Sarah. You hang. And she would never, you wouldn't let me throw these away, would you? But our wedding dress, what? Not quite sure how to interpret that, but, but here's the thing. Like our closets are places we interact with daily and our closets accumulate stuff. And all this stuff, here's the thing, all this stuff takes up space, doesn't it? I know that's kind of like the duh statement of the day, but it's really true. Like our closet only has so much space in it. Your closet only has so much space, no matter how big or how small it is. It only has so much space. And here's what I've discovered. When I push my closets to, to its limits, it gets chaotic. 
And there's disarray, and, and it feels like it's claustrophobic, and it's kind of closing in on you. In fact, uh, last night, after Sarah had finished in our closet, there was a moment when, when I, I, I heard her in our closet go, huh. like, she could breathe. There was breathing room. There was, it, there was space. There was margin in our closet. And, and it, it, makes, it just frees you up. Because when it gets all cluttered, it kind of creates a little bit of stress, doesn't it? And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today is like how do, we, how do we free up some space in our life? How do we create space that, that God can work with to, to free us up from some of the stress that we may be dealing with? Because I'm telling you, a lot of you are dealing with stress right now. And some of it is self-induced because you just don't have the space in your life, the margin in your life that you need. And one of the things I hear all the time from people is, is I, I just feel overloaded. I've got so much going on. I don't feel like I can, I can do all this, t- can take care of this. And, and it's, just, it's just stressful, right? And we, live, we live in a world today where, where it's, it's stressful. And statistics will tell you this. Here's some of the reasons why we're so stressed. Uh, on average, we as, as Americans sleep two hours less than, than people did 100 years ago. I have to believe that has to do with television, most likely. But we're getting less sleep. On average, we're working more hours than people did 50 years ago. So, so check it out. We're sleeping less and working more. <laughs> That's not a good, a good combination there. And, and then I, I read this this week. The average worker has over 36 hours of work piled up on their desk. And it takes them about three hours just to sort through the work. So we're spending chunks of our life just trying to catch up because we're overloaded. And, and let me just tell you, this, this stress stuff, this is not God's best for you. In fact, I read this week that the American Institute of Stress, which I find interesting, like that right there tells you that stress is an issue, that there's an American Institute of Stress. Wouldn't you like that job? I work at the American Institute of Stress. How are you doing with that? Like, that sounds horrible. But anyways, they did some statistics and they discovered some stuff. They said this, that 44% of Americans feel more stressed than they did five years ago. One in five Americans are experiencing extreme stress, handshaking, heart palpitations, depression. 60% of all diseases and illnesses are caused by stress. Three out of four doctor visits are, are, are related to stress-related ailments. This is not God's best for us. This is not what God has for you. In fact, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14, It says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. That word confusion there means disorder. It means chaos. It means, check it out, what we're talking about, clutter. All this stuff that's causing you stress... God is not the author of that. God is not the one who created that and is putting that on you. So, so you've got to recognize that because if you're experiencing that, realize that's from the enemy. The enemy's placing this on you. He wants to keep you stressed. He wants to keep you overloaded. He wants you to get in this mindset of trying to do more than you should be doing because he knows if, if he can get you there, he can keep you resting in who God wants to be in your life. He can steal away your joy and your peace and ultimately who God's called you to be. 1 Corinthians 14 goes on to say this in verse 40. It says, but all things should be done decently and in order. Okay, so that's what I want to help you do today. I want to help you kind of bring some order into your life so that you can experience the peace that God has for you, the freedom, so that this stress stuff can go down. Okay, so there's two sides of this. There's the part that we have to do, and then there's the part that God can do in our life. There's some stuff that we're going to do, and then there's some, some space that we're going to create that we invite God into. Okay, now in order for me to explain this to you, you have to... 
we got to look at this thing called margin. Everybody say margin. margin. If you're taking notes this morning, write that down. Margin. What is, what is margin? Well, margin, uh, I learned in English comprehension and in school that, that margin has to do with the space on a page. It, it has to do with the white space. And margin does two things. Number one, margin creates order. Margin creates order. Let me show you guys something. This is a picture of a, of a piece of paper with, with words on it and there's no margin. Now look at that. Look at how crazy. There's no letting, no curting, no space. And so it just looks like madness, doesn't it? It looks chaotic. It, it looks like something, if you're going to understand that, you're going to have to really like focus in. It just, it's kind of crazy. But here's the thing. This is, actually, uh, this is actually something very beautiful. In fact, this is the first page of the book To Kill a Mockingbird. Which is considered one of the greatest novels in American history. It, it's, it's, a, it's a literary piece of art. And, and yet, something beautiful, if, not, if it doesn't have the right margin, if it doesn't have the right space to it, it becomes something chaotic and, 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 and ugly and, and like stressful, right? Like that looks stressful, doesn't it? Imagine reading a book like that. That's stressful, right? In the same way, listen, that's kind of how our life is. Some of us, this is where our life looks like. God's given us this beautiful gift of life. And he's called us to bring this, he's, he's writing this incredible story he wants written through our life. But because we're not giving any space, we're not creating any space, we're not, we're not creating margin. It just looks like this. And this is what it looks like to the world. This is what it looks like to our kids. This is what it feels like to us. It feels so stressful. We, we need some margin in our life. Margin creates order. The other thing that margin does is, uh, is margin uh, allows interaction. Well, one of the things that margin did is it created space so that my teacher could interact with my paper. My teacher could grade me. I'd know how I was doing. My teacher could encourage me. My teacher could help me and show me things. It created an interaction. And listen, some of you, like, you're, go back to that, that picture. This is, this is your life. And so you've created a life like this. And there's no, there's no room anywhere for, for God to interact with you in your life. You've given him no space. And so guess what? Since you're not creating space for God, guess what you're not getting? God. <laughs> And and just understand, guys, this is nuts that we would do this. Like God, the creator of the universe, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-everything God, wants to interact with your life, wants to help you. But since we're not creating space for him, we don't get God. So God's an invite-only God. I'll show you that a little bit later. But... But if, so, so God wants us to have this space in our life, some margin, some, some room that we create so that, so that we can bring some order to our life and, and so we can also invite God into that space so he can, he can walk in it and move on it and do something more powerful. See, here's the thing. In our own ability, we're limited. In fact, that's my next point. If you're, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, the next three points, number one is this. You've got to realize this. You're going to create margin. You're going to create space. You're going to reduce the stress of your life. The first thing you have to recognize is you're limited. You have limitations. You're, you're not God this morning. You realize that, right? Yep. Right? Yes. You're not God. And I think a lot of us know that. We get that. But, but maybe you don't recognize this. You're also, you're not Superman. You're not superwoman. And neither am I, especially superwoman. You, you can't do it all. You can do the things God's called you to, but you can't do it all. But sometimes we, we, we don't recognize this. But understand, God has put limits on your life. Just think about how you work. 
God created you with limitations. You need sleep, don't you? You, you need to eat, don't you? Like God created us in such a way that we have limited, there, there's limitations to us. But here's the thing, it's actually a beautiful thing because where we're weak, God is strong. And, and our limitations lead us to connect with God who is not limited. And when we connect with Him, He can take us past our limits and we become unlimited through Christ. That's why the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. Everybody say, through Christ, who strengthens me. But, but you're not going to lean into God's strength if you don't think you need it. So you've got to recognize, I have limitations. Psalms 119.96 says, I have learned that everything, everybody say everything. everything. Everything has limits. Have you learned that? Your time is limited. Your wisdom is limited. Your finances are limited. There are limitations on your life. And, and where we get into trouble is we try to live outside of the limits God's placed on our life. And let me just tell you, if you're trying to live outside the limits God's put on you, you are always going to feel stressed. Yeah. If you're trying to do this in your own strength, yeah. you're going to get stressed out by that. Yeah. And, 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 and also, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to see the warning signs that stuff isn't going the way it should be going. Now, I have an iPhone this morning. And uh, many of you have smartphones, iPhones, whatever you have. And my phone, I've noticed something. When it starts to get to that week's place, it starts telling me it's weak. It starts telling me, I, I'm at 10% battery. Need to plug me in. I'm at 5% battery. And I think a lot of us, we go through life and we think, well, I, I wish I had that. I wish I had something like an alarm that would go off inside of me that would let me know I'm at 10%. I'm, I need to recharge. I need to plug in or this is not going to go good. But I, I want you to know you do have some of those things. Maybe you don't recognize it, but you do. Like, for example, pain. Pain is a sign that you may be pushing the limits. Some of you are in pain and some of the pain you're dealing with has to do with you, you're not eating good. You're not exercising. You're, not, you're waking up in pain because you're not living the way you're supposed to. I, I, I few, found a few months ago I was starting to wake up and experience some back pain. And I just had not been working out for a while. So I got back into the gym and guess what? I've been doing great. But we, we don't do what we're supposed to do. We push ourselves, our body past its limits and we start to experience pain. We, we experience stress. It's a, that lets us know that we're pushing ourselves beyond our limits. Irritability. You snap at people. You get aggravated real easily. Maybe you're a little stressed out. Maybe you're pushing yourself past your, your limits. You have a loss of enthusiasm. Apathy. You're apathetic. You don't really care. These are all warning signs that let us know, hey, I think we're pushing ourselves past our limits. So, so you've got to recognize you have limitations. Just like a closet, there's only so much you can put in it. A piece of paper, there's only so much you can write on it. Listen, your life has limitations. But you serve a limitless God. And when you recognize the limits on your life and, and release those to the Lord, you empower him to come and move you past your limits to greater places that he has for you. And the stress goes way, way, way down. You've got to recognize you have limits. Here's the second thing that you're going to have to do. And this, is, this has to do with that creating that space. Number two, if you're going to live stress-free, you're going to move yourself to that place where you've got margin. Number, number two, you've got to throw slash put away things regularly. We, we said that closets accumulate, right? So because of that, there's times that you're going to have to go through your closet and clean some stuff out and put some stuff away and throw some stuff away. Now, obviously, there's the stuff that we know we need to get rid of. The, the dead works of our life that need to be thrown away. The Bible calls it sin. 
And, and sin is not doing you any good. Sin is like the stuff, it's like a shirt in your closet that has a huge stain or a huge rip on it that you know you shouldn't wear and yet sometimes you find yourself going back to it and putting, on, putting it on. But it's not your best, you know it's hurting you, you know it's not, it's not right. And, and listen, God wants to help you in that area of your life. You release that, those dead works to him. But, but you need to know, no, that's not good for you. That's, not, that's keeping you from God's highest and best. In fact, Hebrews 12 says this. It says, let us throw off everything. Everybody say everything. Everything, everything that hinders and, and the sin that easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We're in a race. God says you're in a race. And it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. It's a race you're going to be in your entire life. And if you're going to run that race with perseverance, you're going to have to throw some of this dead stuff off of you. Yeah. That's weighing you down. That's entangling you. That's tripping you up. You've got to deal with that. But, but understand this. It's not just the dead stuff that needs to go. Yeah. Sometimes there's, there's areas of our life that just need to be trimmed back. Maybe cut back, maybe put away for a season. You also need to put away stuff that's not producing fruit. Maybe there's some stuff in your life, some relationships, some activities, some things that you're participating in right now, and and it's not your best, and you need to pull an Anna, and you need to let it go. (laughs) Don't let it hold you back anymore. Let it go. Uh, One of the things God showed me this week is, as I was thinking about the closet, is it kind of hit me like a closet is a seasonal thing, you know? Like as we're cleaning out our closet, there's stuff in our closet like sweaters and jackets that we put away yesterday in faith. Because <laughs> we live in Oklahoma and you never know. But we're putting that stuff away because, because we're going to be done with it. Like this summer, we don't need it. And it's taking space, it's occupying space that we need to free up right now. So we put some of that away, but we also pulled out, you know, some shorts and some swimsuits and things like that. There's a, there's a little bit of a transfer. Like, listen, life is seasonal. And there's certain things that we pick up during certain seasons and certain things that we lay down. The Bible says it like this in Ecclesiastes 3. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And so the question that we need to be asking ourselves on the regular is this. Is this what I'm doing right now? Is this my best yes for this season? Or am I just doing this because I always did it? Is this my best yes? It goes on to say this in verse 6 of Ecclesiastes 3. It says, there's a time to keep and a time to cast away. And maybe there's some stuff in your life that needs to be cast away. Some stuff in your life that needs to be trimmed back. Done differently. Jesus talked about this in, in, uh, in John chapter 15 where he talked about the idea of pruning. He said this, he says, I am the vine. And my father is the vine dresser. So Jesus is saying, it's kind of like Jesus is the tree. And and God's the guy that's working to make the tree look the way it's supposed to look. And that it's producing the kind of fruit that it's supposed to produce. He goes on to say, every branch in me. So that's you if you're a Christian, right? We talked about last week being in Christ. So you're connected to the vine. That's, That's who you're supposed to be. Look what it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That's talking about the sinful stuff. God wants to help you to deal with the sinful stuff and cut that stuff off. But look at what it goes on to say here. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear, check it out, more fruit. So so what God shows us here is, is the question is not just what's dead. The question is also what needs to be. What needs to be dead? What once was producing fruit, and maybe it's, it's still good, but, but maybe it needs to be changed a little bit. We need to do a shift because God's got something more for you. 
And, and you need to lay that down so that you can, you can have God's best. Not, not what's good, but what's best. You guys tracking with me this morning? Um, in fact, you know, realize this. In, in your life, just like your closet, you accumulate stuff. And, and as you add stuff in your life, you're going to add stuff. Stuff has to be taken away, too. We and Sarah have a rule in our closet. We have so many hangers in our closet. We have established the limits of our closet. And so when we get new clothes, if we find that we don't have any hangers in our closet, we don't go buy more hangers. We start taking other clothes off that we don't wear anymore and purging ourselves of those. Because we have agreed that there is a limit to the amount of stuff we're going to put in our closet. A limit to the amount of stuff we need. And so we're going to live based on that limit. It, it, listen, it's really easy to just go buy some more hangers. Some of you women right now are going, oh, I'm buying hangers. Hangers are so cheap too, right? But, but what we're doing is we're just, if we don't deal with this, we just create more and more stuff. We clutter it up and it becomes stressful and stuff gets lost and stuff gets forgotten. And that's not God's highest and best. We got we to gotta put some limitations on this stuff. So, so what are you going to throw away or put away regularly? First Corinthians 6.12 says this, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Maybe you could still wear that shirt and pull it off, but maybe it's not God's best for you anymore. And listen, maybe in your life, there's some stuff that you're doing, and it's not that it's sinful, it's just not your best Yes. Like here, I'm not speaking to anyone specific. I'm just going to give you some scenarios. Like imagine, maybe you're a guy and you want to go golf for four hours every Saturday. Golfing's not sinful. It's not bad. But is that your best yes in the season that you find yourself in with your kids and your family right now? It doesn't mean you can't ever golf again. But is this your best yes for this season? Listen, I'm in a season right now with our kids. My oldest is 11. I got an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old. Five years ago, our life looked completely different than it looks right now. And and five years from now, when Gus, my son, is 16, it's going to look different there too. Like life is seasonal and things shift and your life is going to shift. But there may be right now, there may be some stuff you need to lay down in this season to give your best yes to your family, to your marriage, to your kids, to your calling, to your future. Like ladies, maybe, and I say ladies loosely because I do this too, you like to shop. (laughs) I like to shop. But I've also learned, like, when I shop, I tend to do something. I buy things. Anybody relate to that? I go, I'm just going to go look. Yeah, right. How many of you go look at Target every once in a while and end up with a basket full of stuff, right? It happens. But, but if you're in a place right now where your finances are a little tight, maybe you need to say, it's not my best yes to go to Target right now. It's not my best yes to go get that manicure every week. Because it puts a financial strain on, my, on our finances that affects my marriage. It affects my kids. It, it makes my husband think that I see things a certain way or my wife sees things. I've got it. What's my best? Yes. It, it's not sinful to have your phone at the dinner table and take those business calls. But is it your best? Yes. What are you saying to your family when, when you're trying to have dinner and every, you're, you're in your phone and you're walking away to take phone calls during time that should be reserved for your family? What's your best yes? What's God saying to you today? Listen, everything you say yes to says no to something else. So what yeses are you saying right now that's saying no to your, to your wife, to your husband, to your kids, 
We've got to examine these kind of things. What's your best guess? Maybe some stuff needs to be pruned. We've got to throw some stuff away, put some stuff away regularly. Now, here's the thing. Like I said, closets accumulate, right? And you're going to keep adding stuff. It's just going to happen. In fact, part of the process of, of, of creating space may lead you to see that there's some new stuff you need to fill in. In fact, when we cleaned out our kids' closets, like my son Gus, he's been growing like crazy lately. And as we cleaned out his closet, we discovered he didn't have, hardly have any shirts left. Like he's, he's grown so much lately. So we had to go buy him some new shirts this weekend. And so we, we're adding more stuff into the closet that we just cleaned out. But that's kind of the way it's going to go. You're going to need to add some stuff. You're going to add some activities. There's going to be things as you walk through the different seasons, God's calling you to. Some things that he's going to bring before you that you're going to add. So the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we add stuff without, it, without ruining this space we're trying to create and causing us to be stressed out? How do we do that? Well, that's where the second aspect of margin comes into play, which has to do with, with allowing interaction. So you need someone that's smarter than you to help you to know what to hang up in the closet of your life. And that's what God wants to do for you. So, so here's point number three. You need to give God closet access. You need to give Jesus closet access. Or in other words, give God access to your life. Invite him in to your life. How do you do this? Well, look at this. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this. It says, never worry about anything. That's a pretty strong statement right there. Never worry about anything. Well, really, when you think about it, that's kind of what stress is really all about. We're worrying about stuff. We're taking on cares and we're letting this stuff weigh us down. So what's the solution? Well, this is what God says. He says, instead, in every situation, everybody say every situation. situation. Let God know what you need in your prayers and in your requests. See, we want to invite God into our life. We want to invite his interaction into the space that we've created. And here's how we do that. We do that through prayer. Prayer lets God in. That's what prayer does. See, God wants to be a part of your life. But like I said earlier, he is an invite-only God. He doesn't go where he's not invited. Revelation 3 verse 20 says this. This is God talking. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is just waiting for the invitation. He's an invite only God, but he, he's not, notice he's not going to barge in. He's not going to knock the door down. He's not, you know, pulling a shining and out there with an axe trying to chop his way in. No, no, no. He's waiting for an invitation. He's waiting for you to let him in. Notice he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, who opens the door? Who opens the door? We do. Are you opening the door? That's what prayer does. When you pray, you're inviting God in to, the, to, to your life. You're inviting him into the space. I, I heard this quote years ago, and I, I try to remember it and remind myself of it on a daily basis. It says, a day without prayer is a boast against God. And here's what that means. When, when I don't pray, in essence, what I'm saying is, I got this, God. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Let me just tell you something. Um, You don't got this, okay? So you know, like nothing could be further from the truth. You don't have this. 
In fact, in, in those verses we read earlier where Jesus was talking about being the vine and the branches, he goes on to say this in verse 5, John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He repeats himself. He who abides in me, who stays connected to him, and I in him, bears much fruit. God wants you to bear much fruit. Not just fruit, much fruit. I love that. But look at what he goes on to say. For without me, you can do, everybody say it with me, nothing. Nothing. No thing. <laughs> In other words, the stuff that you're doing outside of God, outside of your connection with God, it's worthless. Yeah. It's going to be burned up. It's, it's not worth anything. But the works that you're doing connected with God, it's worth, it has a value to it. So, so but the beautiful thing is this. We can, God wants us to invite him in. And when you invite him in, he comes. Like God's not like, you know, you, you invite him and hopefully he'll show up. No, no. If you invite him, he's going to come. He's going to show up. He's just waiting to show up. He's knocking on the door. He wants in. He's just waiting for your invitation. And 100% of the time that you invite him in, he's going to show up. My friends, God is just waiting for your invitation. So you need to give Jesus access. And that's why you need to, I encourage you, you need to develop a daily prayer life with the Lord. A time every day. A space every day where you're connecting with God. You're going to Him and you're bringing your requests to Him. But, listen, prayer is not just you talking to God. It's actually God talking to you too. Prayer actually means a conversation with God. So God doesn't just want to just talk to you. You just talk to Him. He wants to actually talk to you. And so here's, here's what He does. We're talking about what do we put in the closet? How do we know? How do we deal with that without causing stress? We invite God into it and then God begins to show us, no, no, don't hang that up in your closet right now. You don't need that. Or you need to pull this out. Or, or, or let's, let's, let's wait on that until later. I've got something better for you. Here, here's what it looks like. You get a job opportunity and it pays you twice what you're getting right now. And you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've got this opportunity. What, what should I do with this? And you invite God into it and God's able to come in and go, I know it pays you more, but I've got something better for you. And what you can't see is, is that job is going to move your family away from, from connections and relationships and a church and all these things I have for you. So I've actually got a promotion for you and it's going to be way better than this if you'll just be patient and wait on me. I've got something you can hang, but just don't hang this up because it's going to take up too much space and it's going to cause chaos and stress. God, I, I, I've got this relationship. Like, I, I really want to be married. And there's, there's this guy, and he's, you know, he, there's a lot of problems, but I, I, you know, he's a guy, and he likes me. And so, you know, that's kind of cool. And God, I go, no, no, I've got something better for you. I value you more than that. There's something better. If you'll just wait, I've got, there's someone out there that's praying for you right now. You, you, know, you want to know why I outkicked my coverage big time when I married that girl? Because I prayed for her for years before I ever knew her. Yeah. And, and listen, ladies, there's some of you in here, you're waiting on a man. I believe there's a man praying for you right now. Amen. Hear that this morning. Just be patient. Trust God. He's got something better for you. And God's saying, don't hang that up. That's going to hurt you. That's going to cause stress. That's going to fill up a space. That's going to lead to disaster. It's going to lead to hurt. You don't need that in your closet. What's your best yes? What's God saying to you? God wants to help you to know what to hang in the closet. And, and when we pray, when we invite God into our life, we invite his power into our life. We invite his voice into, into our life. We invite everything he is. So, so we, we create this space and then we invite God into it. I love this verse. I want to close with this verse today. Matthew 11. 
talks about, maybe, maybe as I read this, maybe you find yourself here today. And I want you to just notice the language. This is the message translation. God talking about who he wants to be in your life. Look at this with me. Matthew 11 verse 28 says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Is that you this morning? Feel a little tired? A little worn out? Burned out on religion? In other words, sick of going through the motions? Look at what God says. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. In other words, God says, hey, let's just me and you go do something. You, you and God need to, go, just you two, just need to get away and do something every day. A little prayer time with God every day. He says, I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. God wants to give you an example. He wants to show you what to do. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Look at this next part. I love this. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. In other words, God's not going to put stuff on you that doesn't fit right. Stuff that weighs you down and entangles you. That's not God. The stuff he's going to put on you is, is going to be freeing. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Look at this. Keep company with me. Stay connected with me. And, I'll, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? There's no stress in that. And that's what God's called you to. That's the life Jesus wants you to experience. You know, as I was thinking about this this week, this idea, it's, it's interesting how God kind of laid this out to me. But in Matthew 6, Jesus talks, and he's talking to his disciples about how to pray. And, and he's talking about, you know, don't pray like the Pharisees who do this for a show. You need to get away. And, and that's where they get this idea of, of closing the door, he says, where people talk about, you got to get into your prayer closet. And it was funny, it just kind of hit me. I, I compared the closet to your life. And what I'm telling you today is that you need to have a prayer closet and it's your life. Yes, you need to have a specific space on a daily basis where you're going to God and you're connecting with Him and you're inviting Him in, but it doesn't end there. See, every day I go to the Lord and and there's a moment in my day where I'm having my quiet time and I'm praying, I'm saying, God, I need you today. I recognize my limitations, Lord. I know I can't do this on my own. I don't have all the wisdom I need. I don't have... I can't lead this church without you. I recognize you've gifted me, but, but I can't just, I need to move beyond my gifting. So Lord, I invite you in. I invite your anointing in. I invite your presence in. Be with me today. As I create this space for you right now, Lord, I want you to know that you're welcome to invade any moment of my day. Get in, get in, interrupt me. Show me what to do. Speak to me. And you know what? It, it, here's what happens, guys. That's what he does. I, I, yeah, he'll speak to me then, but I'll find God talking to me all throughout the day. Yeah. My kids will come to me and ask me something. And all of a sudden, I just get a thought, an idea. It's the Holy Spirit, because I've invited him in. Now he's going to speak to me, and he's going to show me how to help my kids hang the right things in their closets. Good. He shows me how to hang the right things in my marriage. How to, God just speaks to me. He's showing me he's, because I've invited him in. Because if you invite him in, 100% of the time, he will show up. Yeah. God is an invite-only God. We create space. We do what we can in the natural to create some space. But then we lean into him. And we trust in him. And we invite him into that space. So he can do a supernatural work in our life that moves us beyond our limits. To do the powerful works and live the the incredible life he's called us to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Lord, we love you today. God, we're so grateful for who you are. And and we say today, God, we want to live a prayer closet life. We want 
to invite you into every moment of our day. And so, Lord, I pray today that as you've been speaking to people and ministering to people, I thank you, Lord, that the eyes of our understanding have been enlightened. I pray that we're leaving today better than how we came in. And that we, as we move forward and take the steps that you've shown us today to, to help reduce the stress, God, more than anything, we just want you. We want you to be with us. Lord, we love you. Thank you that because of Jesus, you're available. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.